and welcome back to episode number 83 of The Third Power. Yeah! This is your host, Anthony Avatolo, and of course, I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Spicy Chip Master, Usman Jamil. Hello. I am... <laughs> It was not fun eating that spicy chip. That was awful. Well, your first one went down really smooth, it seemed like. It seemed like the second one was a little bit rougher on you. Uh, I didn't have the horrible acid the first time. Mm-hmm. But the second one, it yeah, the it, there was definitely some times when there was like bad acid. And afterwards, because that's where it seemed like it really got bad. So the aftershocks were worse than the actual earthquake. Is that what you're telling me? I think so. Neither part was pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, two-time Spicy Chip Master, and uh, we are here today uh, to have a free preview card. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for this free preview for their upcoming set. This set looks awesome. Yeah. Lots of uh, scary things and ghosts. Uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Looks like it's going to be pretty cool. And so, you know, the whole uh, set itself releases on September 24th. But we are here early with a spicy one to share with you all here today. So uh, if you're all ready, and Usman, if you're ready, why don't you hit them with the uh, with the deets? Yeah, and it's going to be in the show notes, so if you want to look at it that way, that that works too. This one's called Denik, Pious Apprentice, a white and a blue for a 2-3 legendary creature human soldier with lifelink. Cards in graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. Disturb 2, a white, and a blue. Okay, so Disturb is one of the new mechanics in here. It's, uh, I guess it's kind of like flashback for creatures or unearth, but it's a little bit different, right? So um, with Disturb, you can cast this from your graveyard, but it is transformed for its Disturb cost. So we're looking at a double-sided card here. And Usman, what's the other side? Its backside is called Denik, Pious Apparition. It is a legendary creature, Spirit Soldier. Spirit Soldier. Yeah, Spirit Soldier was flying as a 3-2. Whenever more one or more creature cards are put into graveyards from anywhere, investigate. This ability triggers only once per turn, or only once each turn. And then the usual disturbed uh, rider text of, if Denic Pious Apparition would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead, essentially, so it acts like a flashback card. Right, so when it dies, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a nice little value creature. A nice two three with upside. Oh yeah, and it's it's a rare, and it's got human on the front side, which is always a good place to be. You know, as as uh, I know we've talked about before, uh, there's always more humans in sets. So all of these human tribal interactions kind of always pick up little bits of value along the way. So I haven't looked it up, but I think the last one I can recall without humans, I think was Lorwyn. I think every other set has had humans. Yep, I think Lorwyn Block was the last time we uh, we went without humans. That's a you realize that's a long time ago now, right? You realize yeah, how old f- we are. Yeah, like what, fifteen <laughs> years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Like I think about that, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember drafting Lorwyn and doing all that kind of stuff, and oh yeah, that wasn't that long ago. And then I look it up, and it's like October 2007. Oh god, yep. Oh god, it's 14 <laughs> years ago. Oh god, yep. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that was the last. It's been 14 years since uh, we've had no humans. That's, so yeah, yeah, you're always picking up a little bit of something extra, and. uh and this one, let, let's let's talk about a little bit about kind of the value of this. Um, so two, three lifelink uh, for two mana, pretty good. Um, blocks a lot of things in combat and gains you life and survives, right? 
blocks a lot of two power creatures for one. Gain some life. Mm-hmm. And you also yeah. get, you know, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. I, I, of course, as as one does, we always read things the first time and don't read it correctly. And then when you read it the second, third, fourth time, you're like, oh. So this is cards in graveyards. Not cards in your graveyard. Cards in graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities. So that means you get some early protection against reanimation. Uh, we get protection from, you know, uh, scoos, um, scavenging ooze, and, and of course, things like Snapcaster Mage and things like that. Now, if you're playing Snapcaster Mage in the same deck, well, it's a little bit of a non-bow. But I think yeah. we're okay with that. I think <laughs> if this creature is on the... Uh, is on the battlefield here and is doing work. I think we're okay with that, you know? Yeah, just wait for it to die, and then you flash back your card or whatever. Yeah, because of course it's going to die. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And so we get, like I said, get a little bit of the human interaction. On the backside, you get a three-power flyer, which is no joke. And again, when one or more creature cards are put into graveyards from anywhere, my graveyard... Your graveyard, milling, dying, discarding, you get yourself a clue token, which is pretty awesome. As a tireless tracker taught us, clue tokens are pretty sweet. A nice little draw. I didn't know that it's you know applied to both players for that side as well. So <laughs> see, <laughs> see that? Exactly, right? There's all these little things you pick up when you when you read it for the fifth time because, you know, we all just make assumptions, right? Reading things, you just kind of slot it into what you've seen previously instead of, you know, actually reading the words on the card. So, yeah, so th- like, this card's pretty was, sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry, you said like, you assumed what? I assumed it was like uh, just one-sided where mm. it was just like it only protects your stuff, but it, it does it no matter what, which is cool. Like... It's nice for, like, if you go into combat, too, just, like, or, you know, if your it might make your opponent a little more hesitant to send the troops in if they know creatures are going to die. But, you know, if they if they have to, they'll do it. But, I mean, that's a nice thing, too. Yeah, and, and like I said, the, the from anywhere on both sides, that's, I don't know, man, that's pretty cool. And, and I think this could sneakily add up. Um, just much like our last preview card, Dragon Rage Channeler, uh, the value adds up quickly. You know, like, oh, I get to surveil this card in the yard. I get to surveil this. I recently played a uh, modern tournament, of course, with Dragon Rage Channeler in my deck. And multiple times I had my graveyard exiled on their turn. And when I got to my attack phase, I was attacking them with a 3-3 flyer again. (laughs) Yep. I mean, in, including, you know, multiple times, too, where it's like, oh, I cast a spell and I needed to get to another spell and I was able to mill this land off the top of my deck that I didn't need. So, you know, these little incremental advantages that really add up. And I think, you know, I, this this whole creature kind of is is spilling with value, like the stats aren't popping off the state, you know, off the, you know, off the page, off the card that are like, Oh my God, this card's awesome. But it's like, there's so much here to get ahead with. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. So, you know, and, and this kind of value, I think is a a little bit different than, you know, it's, it's of course there's the old argument of, you know, uh, Bane slayers and mold drifters, right? So, you know, the, the, the Bane Slayers have to, you have to untap with it to get the value. The Mold Drifters, you get the value right away. It doesn't actually matter if they die. Where I think this certainly lives somewhere in between. And I think there are a lot of creatures, uh, especially for Cube, that live in that same space. Yeah, where it's like, uh, they don't, a lot of their value is within the, the creature itself, but like it has something to, that it can do to prevent all the value from being lost if the creature died. And I think, like, Muldrifters or, you know, creatures like that, which do something when they enter the battlefield, they're very easy to kind of grok on that axis, you know, just like, when Tunkabu comes into play, it deals four, like, 
oh, okay, that's that's pretty straightforward. Like it did its thing, and even if it dies, it had some kind of lasting impact, which I think is kind of the the crux of it is just like you know what kind of lasting impact does it have, or you know what can it do to protect itself from removal? I mean, something like even something like True Name Nemesis is just like it is ostensibly a Bane Slayer creature. You know it all of its value is really encapsulated in the creature itself, but it has ways of protecting itself from removal. And I think sometimes that line is a little blurry, you know, kind of shades of gray between what might be black and white. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, you know, kind of a Bane Drifter, Mole mole Slayer. Ooh, Mole Slayer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because you slay your mulligans. Because you get extra value. It's a mole slayer. <laughs> a lot of golf players out there are like, I want a mole slayer. <laughs> so, yeah, so, right. So it's not just, you know, ETB value, right? It's kind of somewhere in between, right? It's got this uh, a, a rebuy, some sort of continuing value, continuous value when it goes in. Uh, maybe it has value when it dies, right? So instead of it, there's value in it being a creature, of course, on the battlefield, because creatures all have value when they're on the battlefield. But then there's also an impact when it dies as well, right? So uh, I, I think Cube uh, has a lot of these kind of in between the two. Yeah, I think this is a good example of that, where it, when it dies, it doesn't immediately do something, but you can flash it back if the game goes late, or if you have like nothing else to do, or you want to sandbag cards in hand, like it's certainly, and it's interesting because like, uh, with the werewolves, for example, it's, it's something I've been thinking of like over the past few days. It's kind of like, you know, with the, the werewolves, one side is an upgrade over the other. Like it's pretty much a strict upgrade, but I guess like there's probably corner cases where it isn't, but I don't really care. (laughs) But it's just like the, the uh, I think there's like a two five werewolf that when it flips over it becomes a six five, where I guess it's like <laughs> not as good against kind of like reprisal effects or whatever. But it's like it's essentially an upgraded creature, so it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But it's it's giving you a payoff for spending for skipping your turn. Sure, and, and these... like Duskwatch Recruiter uh, has a little bit of that too, because sometimes you want the front for the ability to look at the top three. But then sometimes you want the back to make your other things cheaper, right? So there's 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 that tension. That's that's an example where the which side is more advantageous is is uh, context dependent. Yeah, I say this of course with you know we're recording this a few days before our preview is going up, and hopefully I don't see a preview card in the, in the next few days, which just undoes that. <laughs> you never know, right? Yeah, but I mean, this is kind of like different where one side isn't necessarily better than the other. It's pro- the 3-2 is probably better, but it's not like a strict, strict upgrade. You know, it's not like in every scenario, a 3-2 flyer is better than the 2-3 lifelink. Sure. Because, but I think that's interesting where you still get something out of it, you know, when it dies, which is nice. Right. And, and, you know, you have that value when it's in play, even if it's not, you know, even if it dies shortly thereafter, it did do, it did have some sort of ability while it was in play. Mm -hmm. So if someone was planning on, okay, I'm going to untap and reanimate this thing. It's like, okay, well now I have to deal with this first, even though I can, maybe that buys them then another you know, it buys you another turn of, oh, well, they had to deal with this first, right? So th- there's a lot of these uh, type of type of value abilities that um, for sometimes are, are, are kind of hard to, to, to grasp and quantify other than your opponent saying, yeah, I could have done this, but you had this thing, right? So uh, that's, I think, a good habit, I think, for a lot of cute people to get into, especially when you're playing with new cards, is ask your opponents, hey, what was going through your mind? What were you thinking when I had this new card or when I played this new card? Were you like, oh, I don't care about that? 
or where you're like, oh man, that card's a pain and that card's really good. You know what I mean? I think it's mm-hmm. good to get perspective from the other side and it, not just the uh, controlling side, if that makes sense. Those are good mm-hmm. questions to ask your your play group and your uh, your players. Yeah, I think that's something that it, it can be hard to do when you're, you know, if it's some also just kind of, yeah, I'm not sure what I was getting for with this. <laughs> I'll ignore. I'll just abandon that point. Maybe it's just like abandon ship. Maybe it's just it's useful having that information. You know, just like it gives you another outside perspective out of like you know what's going on in your head. Like I'm trying to think of some cards like that where I guess like the flag bearers. You know, those mm-hmm. are a nice example where. You know, you might not, you may think it has a certain impact on the game, and it most likely does. You know, the whatever three and a white, two, four. Um, if a creature could be a target of an ability, it has to be a flag bearer, and then it's a flag bearer. I forget the name exactly. Coalition Honor, Honor Guard. Guard. Yep. Yeah. I told yeah. everybody to draft that card in Eternal Masters when they reprinted it. I'm like, you don't understand mm-hmm. how good this card is. Yeah, it's like it's, this is just some mopey two four for four. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> this card is a giant. This card is a way bigger pain than it looks. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely um, definitely annoying. Like it's just like, well, I'm gonna kill. Nope. I'm gonna nope. Yeah, like, I'm gonna cast a armadillo cloak on uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. your thing. I'm gonna kill this other creature, this this giant dragon that's killing me. Oh, oh. nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Can't do that. Nope, sorry. <laughs> so, so let's let's talk about some of the some of the mole slayers that we've we've enjoyed over the years. You mentioned flag bearers, and you know, I imagine that that's got to you know, not being a popper uh, cube person, I imagine that those are cards that that have to have some sort of impact, if not, you know. Maybe they have in the past. I think even super early versions of my cube probably had Coalition Honor Guard in it. Uh, but let's talk about some of those other creatures that kind of fall in the middle uh, that we've enjoyed over the years. Yeah, I think there's, I think that's a nice example of, you know, a creature that I think Tireless Tracker is a nice one where it mm. it does something and you usually have a land to play when you do it, or you like have a fetch land, and it does its thing. But it's kind of variant; like it might not be, it might be one land, might be, or you might get one clue, you might get several. But it has some kind of way to ensure that it has value outside of just being a big dude or big gal. I think it, I think Trials Tracker is a gal, right? It is. It is. Okay. I, I, I've just. Uh, <clears throat> I've I've started trying to call uh, under the uh, to follow the example of of good friend of the show Adam Prosek, um, calling everything homies. Oh, there you go. So tireless tracker is a good homie because you know I would call. You know it doesn't matter what people are. They're my you know, these are my homies. Kind of falls above, but yes, tireless tracker and I believe tireless provisioner. I think are both uh, women characters. That sounds right. I believe. I haven't looked at that art. I don't know. I really love MH2. I just oh, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tireless Provisioner also appears to be a a elf female. Okay, there from we what go. I can tell. Yeah. And Tireless Tracker is a human. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I think Provisioner is another one that can be really interesting. You know, again, uh, granted, you're making food or treasures. I don't know if you've noticed recently, but making lotus petals are pr- is pretty great. Mm-hmm. I feel I've been thinking about this kind of like also though, like for the past week. It kind of feels like the uh, the cards that kind of incidentally make treasures are kind of like the spiritual successor to the, uh, when this comes into play on tap X lands. Oh, like snap and cloud of fairies and things like that. Yeah, so where they can do it, where it's not just like you untap everything, but it's like you kind of untap a land, but you can't like cheat it to where the lands make like three blue mana or whatever. <laughs> right. I'm going to untap this Talarian Academy. Yeah. Or just like I've cast two high tides and all my lands, but it's also like, 
giving you a way to use the mana in the later stages of the game or mm-hmm. represent it later in the game. I think it's really, you know, it's probably because I've been playing, you know, with just stuff like Goldspan Dragon and Prismari oh, Command sure. and like Standard and Historic and just kind of seeing that more and more. And, and that's something that's like a passive thought I'd been thinking about. It's like, it kind of feels like that's the spiritual successor to... I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I think it makes sense. That's a really good point. And I got to tell you, I've been uh, casting a lot of uh, a lot of monkeys in modern next to those uh, Dragon Rage channelers. And I got to tell you, the treasures are the best part. The amount I, I've hit easily more than 50 percent lands off my opponent's deck. But the treasures and being able to continue to cast things uh, when you're, quote, tapped out. Uh, the treasures really do add a lot. And I think, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people, especially since they've been pushing the treasure mechanics, um, uh, a lot of people are starting to realize that treasures are no joke. I mean, uh, things, uh, like, uh, Dockside Extortionist is, you know, obviously a huge card in, in Commander and Revel in Riches. People are starting to use as a win condition. And I remember way back in the day, I really liked uh, the counter spell that gave you treasures for the converted mana cost of what you countered. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of that one. It was kind of like a super expensive mana drain, but it gave you mm-hmm. treasures when you countered something. Uh, I really wanted that card to be good. Uh, I, I not sure what the name of it is. Um, I can see that in my mind, but I can't think of what it is called. I'll think of spell something. Spell, spell swindle? swindle. Yes. I think it's spell swindle. Oh, yeah, yeah, we came right. to that at the same time. Yes. I believe it's spell swindle. I really wanted that to be good in cube, by the way. Yeah, it's five. Ma- yeah, it's a lot of it's mana. A, it's, to keep a, it's a up. lot of mana, but oh man, you have so much. You get God, you get to like counter something and base. It's it's kind of like uh, the four mana untap counter spell, right? Uh, yeah, rewind. Like the, yeah, rewind. Yeah, it is spell swindle. That's it's a little rewindy, but five just ultimately wound up just being too expensive. I did try it in standard though, in a revel and riches deck for sure. But yeah, so the so the treasures. I, I think <clears throat> moving forward, it'd be it would behoove people to really not take treasure creation too lightly because they're pretty awesome. Yeah, yes, yeah, nice just being able to to have that mana. It's just like, well, and it might do nothing over the course of the game, but sometimes it's like the opponent just doesn't know. Well, they don't realize, right? Exactly. It's yeah. Like, oh, it's a treasure token. Whatever. Hmm. I really want to use a treasure token to uh, manatide somebody. That's like kind of my next wow. dream. <laughs> That'd be nice. It's a little, little like one of those achievement ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So what about some other cards uh, that, you know, have that value that, that mole slayer value? Cause I, I like these creatures a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Uh, rampaging for us to done. Hmm. You know, just giving you some value, you know, just like it doing its thing. It doesn't do much in the face of removal. Like if it dies, it dies. But it still has the capacity to impact a game if it doesn't just immediately die. Is it like I mean, Apollo Creed? Is that the new name for for Asadon? If he dies, he dies. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt when I had that hot chip. Kind of felt like Apollo Creed. I was like, your wife is like, if he dies, he dies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think the 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 amount of removal you have in your cube and like the converted or mana value, I should say, also probably Mm. contextually impacts like, you know, like how long you can expect a creature to live and how much value is necessarily needed to make it worth the investment. I think that's probably has impact as well. Oh, of course. Comparing the mana value of the thing that's that you're casting versus the mana value of the removal. But even something like, you know, one of my favorite uh red cards, you know, Ferocidon up there. But I've really liked Eidolon of the Great Revel ever since it's been introduced as well. That mm-hmm. even if you are killing it, 
you are most likely still taking two damage, which is like being attacked with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite kind of, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't type removal things. So, because you don't yeah. really want to let it live, but, you know, there's a little price to pay for killing it. It's kind of like that Vyashino, the one that when it comes into play, deals two to a player. Firemancer? Oh, yes. the There was the the one that was in standard for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it kind of virtually had haste, even though right. it didn't. Because it was a two one for two, and it dinged them when it when it came into play. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that with a, uh, you know, Eidolon of the Great Revel, where it's just like mostly has virtual haste. Oh yeah, as like a rattlesnake kind of effect. Mm-hmm. And it's like if they kill your your either creature, you know, Vyashino or Eidolon, it's just like well, it's, they still take two and still kind of going along with your game plan anyway. Sure, and Vyashino definitely falls more into the quote Muldrifter, you know, stereotype, right? Because it has those magical words enters the battlefield, you know, where mm-hmm. the other ones are a little more sneaky. Just like uh, so, kind of a different effect. They're you know the static effect cards. So the Talias, right? So uh, Guardian of Thraben and you know Big Hair Don't Care Talia, you know, like these oh, have an yeah. effect when they come into play and um, you can't deal with them before they come into play, you know, I mean, you can counterspell them on the stack or whatever, but when you put them into play, they don't generate the value, you know, you're not drawing cards or whatever, but now you're taxing your opponent's ability to do things with their lands. Either their spells are costing more, even if they do kill it, you've now, you know, absorbed more mana on their turn that they've spent for something else. So you've gained some, tempo or whatever you want to call it that way or you know sometimes that three two for three talia that thing can mess somebody up especially if their next land drop is a fetch land Mm -hmm. that card will jack you up yeah yeah it'll uh it'll hurt (laughs) yep so, yeah. you know, other static things, too, like uh, I've enjoyed Shalai a bit since uh, since adding, since uh, um, Dominaria, Shalai, Voice of Plenty. The one that protects your, your other creatures and can pump them. Yeah, so it's, a, a, you know, for three and a white, it's a three, four, you know, legendary flying angel. And you, planeswalkers, can you control and other creatures you control have hexproof. So the only thing that doesn't have hexproof is the Shalai, uh, which kind of makes it flag bearery. Flag berry? Flag berry? Yeah, flag berry. Flag bearing? <laughs> flag berry. I'm trying to imagine what that would taste like. Um, <laughs> now with flag berries. Um, so, you know, like I've, I've enjoyed that card a bit too. And then, you know, it has this green flavor text or whatever too that, you know, is pretty good. But this card is one of those cards too that you're asking your opponent, you're like, so what'd you think of this? They're like, man, that thing was annoying. Like, I had to, you know, I had to wait until I get untapped and I had to spend a bunch of money to do this or I have to realize I have to deal with this thing first and before I can do anything else. And uh, so again, not. Hey, I got all this value. Uh, the new ward mechanic. Not that I, have, I haven't been playing any of the new ward creatures, but the ward thing kind of reminds me of Kira Great Glass Spinner or like back in the day when when one could play Frost Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, that, hey, yeah, you can kill it, but it's already going to tax you some. It's already going to have some sort of effect on the game, even if it does die. Yeah. I guess those can all those kind of last couple can kind of fall into the flagberry category. Yeah, yeah, where it kind of uh, can do its thing. Yeah, like you really should kill this one first. You know, uh, we we have like the uh, I, I kind of grouped them here under uh, what I call activated plus. So creatures that can enter and then or have like other value attached to them, like everyone's. Favorite limited bomb pack rat. Yeah, where it's just like you kind of have to deal with it, right? Or you maybe you have five mana when you cast it, 
And like, even if you kill it, you didn't really kill it. Like, yeah, so you like know, oh, here we go again. Right. <laughs> you know, you have multiples or one of, I think your personal favorite card types, which are the adventure creatures. Yeah. They're just, they're just really objectively powerful. Oh yeah. We have uh, quite a bit on, uh, on file somewhere of our, uh, throne of Eldraine set review that that is unreleased as such as so far where you uh certainly gushed ma- many uh many a minute about the adventure cards and mm-hmm. your joys of casting them yeah yeah I mean, back in the day they're... sorry go ahead continue i was gonna say um yeah they're just decent spells and then you know combined with being good creatures just are just so they're just so good <laughs> Oh, I, the stomp, the bone crusher giant. Like every time I cast a card, I'm just like, <laughs> what? What is going on? Like this card's so good. Like yep. it's so good. Brazen borrower. This card's so good. Like I you know, got those are obviously the top end, but good lord. Yeah, I got so much mileage out of those out of those brazen borrowers. They're just like they're just so good. It's like, would you like to play anything? Okay. Play it again later. <laughs> right. Try again. Also, I also have this, you know, flash three one or whatever. It's like, oh, you don't, you're probably just going to play Drago. Okay. Well, here's a three one. Would <laughs> you like to deal with this now? Ooh, Drago. We're going on with our Rocky theme here. We have Apollo Creed and Drago so far. Oh, yeah. So back in the day, guild mages were something that I had some in my cube. Back in the day, I had a Rakdos guild mage and Azorius guild mage. And, you know, there's been some uh, recent one. What was it? Azur mage, you know, a number of years back that that kind of saw some play for a little while. Oh, um, yeah. That you can just kind of drop into play for a cheap cost. And then, you know, if it's a little bit later in the game, you can certainly eke an activation out of it before it dies again. It's not a mole drifter as uh, as obvious it is. You know, it does take a little bit of extra work, but it's also something else that that gives you value. Now, the the last one, and I think this is the probably the most common one we decided to save for last is the value if it dies category, which is kind of brings us back to uh, uh, homie um, Denik here uh, that there's value when it dies because we get to cast it again. So uh, what are some other cards here that, you know, real cube staples that have value when they die? Uh, I mean, I guess kitchen Finks kind of does both though. It comes into play, Mm -hmm. does something, it dies, it comes into play. Right. Does something. And right. That's like the, uh, the ultimate like combination of the two, right? Like uh, it, it is, it is, both a mole drifter and a mole slayer, you know, where it keeps coming back. And I think a lot of the persist uh, or undying creatures do that. Right. So you have uh, back in the day, murderous red cap, or you had um, even, you know, for a little more aggressive strangle root geist. Right. So it's just a hasty attacky creature, but if you kill it, it comes back and it's bigger. So, I think persist and undying are really good, you know, uh, examples of this. Or what about unearth creatures? Yeah, there is. Um, I'd say like, what was the? Uh, Gerald's messenger doesn't really see much play these days, but like, that's a really good. Oh, that card uh, was super sweet. Mm-hmm. Super sweet in the uh, new uh, what's his name deck now too, uh, Yogmoth. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Little, uh, little going infinite, little, uh, little keep triggering things, keep doing things. So, yeah, though that card's sweet. The putrid it's goblins, little, not bad. Yeah, well, you know, there's that whole <clears throat> one thing you can also do in cube too if you want to, if you're not looking to just like super max value, max power, everything is you can actually have like a little uh, persist undying. A goblin sacrifice theme too, right? Because you have uh, a lot of the ones from Modern Horizon trigger a lot of those, including uh, I almost said Fern Gully, uh, Gr- Grim Gully, Grim Gully. Well, what's the name of that? The, yeah. the green red one, 
Yeah, it's Grim Gully. Grim Gully? Mm-hmm. So like Grim Gully, and then you have like the the new the other Goblin Lord, um, Mon. Yeah, Polishek Mons. Yeah, yeah, Polishek Mons. Yep. Pashalek Mons. So you have this like little theme of like sacrifice on tap. You have uh, not Siege Gang Commander, but uh, Sling Gang Lieutenant, which does a little bit of that too, right? The sacrifice theme of bringing things back. So you can kind of get a little cute with that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a thing you can do. That's a, you know, maybe a little different than just the usual. Uh, it, it's cute. It gives you some interactions. It's another tribe. If you like goblins, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the rectors, you know, uh, you know, people you don't see academy rectors see a whole lot of play anymore. But arena rector is a card that uh, you've seen that it kind of acts as pseudo moat. Like, would you like to attack into this so I can go get something for free that you really don't want me to have on the battlefield? It's like what? What's the worst that could happen? Well. <laughs> How bad can it be? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Questions you should never ask in a game of magic. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that could happen if I just let them get whatever they want? What could oh. possibly go wrong? <laughs> Whoops. You'll see the bobcat. Do you remember that? <laughs> that whole <Yes>. uh, cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh so there, there's a so not only are the creatures that they die, they have something like the larks, right? So like Revelark and now Vesper, Vesper Lark, you know, have uh, start to see some play, you know, occasionally. But then you have the creatures that you, we have much creatures that we kind of want in the graveyard. I not really want in the graveyard, but like the value is generated by them coming back to life. Right. So we have you know, mostly black based creatures, things like Bloodgast or Gravecrawler. Um, what's the uh, the artifact one from Kaladesh? Oh, uh, uh, Scrap Heap. Uh, oh, Scrap Scrounger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, hey, we're okay if it dies because it's coming back. Right. So the value isn't necessarily, hey, we got it when it died. But the fact that it's dead and now it comes back for minimal cost, I would say. Hmm. Yeah, it's not much. Like it's two mana and like exile creature, which usually isn't a big cost. Yeah. Or like Gravecrawler. Do you have another zombie in play? Okay. Cast it again. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Do you have a land in hand? Sweet. Bloodgast is back. Like. Uh, speaking of lands, uh, Sakura Tribe Elder. I imagine that's a card that people are familiar with at this point. Yeah, it's another another great one. Like the value is in it dying. Yeah, pretty much. Like you uh, get rid of it, and it gets a land. Yeah, like I'm going to block something. No more damage on the stack, unfortunately. Or fortunately, it's probably a good thing damage doesn't go on the stack anymore. Uh, and, and then, you know, go get yourself land, right? So ramping growth, but you get to block with it first. So the, the value is definitely there in the the dying, you know? So, uh, you know, back in the day, or, you know, we, we, we talked about earlier about Unearth, or, you know, things like Hellspark. Was, is Hellspark Elemental or Hell's Thunder or whatever it is, right? Just these red creatures that just attacked for a bunch and they're going to attack for a bunch again later. You know, I think Hellspark I think saw play for a little while because the unearth cost and the regular cost were the same. It's just two mana for a three, one haste trample. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a card that people played, you know? So I, I think all of these kind of cards. Oh, what about, uh, what's his name? Uh, all of the, um, rabble masters. Do you think they would oh, qualify yeah. as this too? I think they probably do. Yeah, I mean, their their impact is pretty variant, but, like, at least, I think that's another one where, like, the average cost or, you know, like, the ability for removal kind of impacts how often the average case is for those. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like, if you can rely on it making at least a goblin, because I think that's something I've been thinking about, too, is just, like, the variability of those 
kinds of creatures and how often they're making zero or one or several. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mainly just dependent on the, the kind of like the the amount and the texture of the removal in your format. But I mean, that certainly is, a, you know, like, yeah, Rabble Masters, certainly. At least the ones that immediately make one, like Rabble Master, right. War Boss. Um, I think those are the main two, right? Uh, does Krenko make one right away also? Uh-uh. No, it has to attack. Okay. Because the uh, Krenko is the is one of them, the one that makes humans that transforms into combines with the land. Oh yeah, that has to attack. Yeah, right. That one has to attack for sure. Nagila um, has to uh, have a warrior attack, so it's it's pretty much requires it to attack. Well, I mean, there's plenty of warriors a little bit lower on the yeah. on the chain, but all right. So I mean, I imagine because you know when I think about the untap with it right I, I i think about sorcery speed removal that may not necessarily a sorcery but the fact that your opponent has to untap themselves in order to deal with it mm-hmm. is kind of yeah. what i think about so things like rabble master and war boss you know would that that at least make something right away now they might not make it right away if your opponent has instant speed removal and mana available but you know you're you're getting at least a little something if it lives any length of time at all even if you don't get to untap with it on your turn. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of these creatures have, I mean, come on, these are some of the, you know, some of these creatures are some of the best cube value cards that don't involve being straight up, you know, Baneslayer, Muldrifter, comes into playability, you know, oh, I get to blank it and do it again, huh? you know. A, a lot of these require, you know, uh, something outside of just the straight up enters the battlefield, leaves the battlefield for it to do something. Yeah. I think like batter skull is a good example kind of that too, where it Mm. has some kind of impact. Like you can throw, you can move around the living weapon uh, as well. But I think that's a nice example too, where it, unless they literally have shatter or, you know, have an artifact removal, you know, when they, you know, when you cast it and they immediately respond with that, like, okay, I guess you got me. Yeah. I mean, uh, or the one that deals one damage too. the one that you get to, uh, sacrifice the creature that it's attached to, to deal one damage to something. Why can't I think of the name of that one? Uh, gives a plus zero plus one. And oh, mortar pod. It, yeah. Mortar pod. That's another, I think example of that, that even if they kill it right away, you still get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has like a big impact. Like, I think that's a nice example. Of course, you know, I think of Living Weapon. <laughs> I, we know you love Living Weapon. I was thinking of Nettle Cyst at first. And I was like, I guess that counts. I guess. But I like that the really. Mortar Pod does something else right away, you know. Even if they decide to kill the, you know. The, the creature itself or the equipment, you still get to do something. Mm-hmm. I think that fits pretty well. Yeah. I think the, uh, the batter skull certainly fits into that. Yeah. Even if they kill the creature, you still have value left over. And I think that's just a basic component, right? So even something like, uh, and what is it? Ancestral blade, right? That's the, mm-hmm. uh, the one from M20 that, you know, even if they kill the creature, you have a, you know, left over, you have a land and scimitar that you can move around for just one colorless mana. Like that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. That's, that's a nice little, nice, nice little mention there. Mm-hmm. Would not have thought about those. Yeah. Just like something that does its thing. And then it, it leaves an impact when it dies. You know, it just, it does something still, which I think is the big thing about a lot you know, those kind of, Bane Slayer creature, so to speak, is like, you know, it getting blanked by removal and making them harder to play. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, you know, stuff like, of course, I'm thinking Batter Skull, or I don't think Nettle Cyst, I guess, is a decent example if you have a ton of artifacts. But I don't think a lot of cubes are really doing that. You know, Revel Arc, too, you know, kind of like, I don't know if cubes are still playing those. It's it's aged very pretty. Yeah, their <laughs> Revel Arc's a little on the expensive side nowadays. Yeah, it's Blood still gas. fun. 
it's just yeah, it's a, little, a little expensive. Yeah, I think blood gas too. It just has some death insurance. I think it's just a, it's just kind of like insurance in case it dies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just some way to give you some kind of value. And I think this, you know, the the flip creature itself, you know, Denix being able to flip into a three two, even if it isn't doing anything that the front side is doing. Like the the front half is protecting graves. It it's pretty pretty much just a two three with lifelink, and then it's just like you know you're probably going to play it in your deck anyway. Oh yeah, if you can cast it, you're playing it. Yeah, and then it, it, it's fine in multiple theaters of decks too, because you can play it in a control deck, and you I think you'd be happy with that. You can play it in like the tempo deck, a humans deck, as long as you have access to the blue mana, like. Discard's cool, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, the backside doesn't really do what the front side does, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah. Which is okay. Like, you know. People Shoot, change. maybe sometimes you do want it to die, because you'd rather have the flyer to attack with. Mm-hmm. Were you just supposed to say people change when they grow up? I was going to say people <laughs> change when they die, but yeah. That, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, people change into that. Ooh, ooh, what's the uh what's what is what's the Kathar that turns that turns into a zombie and you flip it over when it dies? Oh yeah, loyal, loyal Kathar. Is that loyal Kathar? Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yeah. That's another example. I don't think anybody's playing it, but you know, it's just I think at some point when it when it was first printed, we were like, oh, this is a cool card. Like, because again, you know, you have a a two two for for two vigilance that turns into a two one on the other side when it dies extra value. It's like it discourages using spot removal or blocking it. It's just like, Oh, okay. Would you like to deal with this? Okay. Ooh, there's the, uh, the, also the one, one that turns into a one, one spirit when it dies, that gives you the one, oh, one spirit token. Oh yeah. Like doom traveler, doom traveler that I can't not think of a uh, blues traveler when I say doom mm-hmm. traveler. Yep. Like sacred cat. Sorry. Like uh what's what's that card I was thinking of? Like uh Sacred Cat. You know, a lot of these uh, yeah, I guess that's embalm. Oh yeah, sure. The yeah, the embalm and internalized creatures. There's the the double strike, two mana one. Yeah, Earthshaker Kenra. Oh yeah. Ooh, Rump Shaker Kenra. Earthshaker <laughs> Kenra. Forgot about that card. That card's good. <laughs> yep, that's uh <laughs> the green one's not quite as good, but that's okay. It's the Urshaker Kenra, yeah, just really nice. Would you like to block this? Okay. <laughs> well you can't block it now. Because yeah, that thing can't later. block. But you know. Mm-hmm. By the way, when this thing dies. So what do you th- uh you know, it's a little expensive. I would have loved to have seen the front side a little cheaper, but there's the new Eternal Witness from MH2 also. Timeless oh, Witness yeah. that also, you know, four mana, you get, you know, get your thing back, uh, you know, for a, it's only, you know, still only a two one, but then you also get that eternalized later on too. So, so yeah. good. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Forgot about embalm and eternalize. There's the, the five mana angel that oblivion rings something that you get to cast. Yeah. There's the, uh, whatever dragon, the new dragon. The Eternalized Dragon. That I should remember the name of. But Eternalized Dragon? Yeah, from uh, MH2. Oh, Timeless either. Dragon? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think. the one that you can cycle, and yeah, it's like uh, Eternal Dragon, but better. <laughs> With the Eternalized, yeah. Because <laughs> you can cycle it and then get yourself a 4-4 Flying Zombie Dragon? That's, uh... Yeah. Yeah, that, that card's... Whew. That card, yeah, that card was exciting. When I saw that, I was like, oh, man. Because I played Eternal Dragon way back in the day. Me too, yeah. And at least you got to, that one, you got to keep returning and keep using it. But, yeah, you know, this one's just, I think this one's just better. I don't think games are going long enough where you, you're going to be plane cycling that thing too many times, especially in cube. But being able to find the land and then just straight up get a 4-4 flyer for 4, it's pretty good. Having to having to bring back Eternal Dragon on your upkeep was just that has aged very, very, very poorly. 
Oh, Hammer of Bogarden, anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like, I think if you could do it EOT, like, it would obviously be, be better, but I still don't know if it would be, play, I don't want to say playable, but it would be a, a, it's still a rough sell, for sure. Oh, I remember Shard Phoenix? That card was a ridiculous bomb back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for the the younger listeners out there, <laughs> Shard Phoenix. I, I guess we could we could actually talk about what these cards do. But Shard Phoenix was a five mana uh, two two flyer that you could sacrifice in, and it would deal two damage to each creature without flying. And during your upkeep, you could pay red 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 and return it back to your hand. So then you could pay five mana again to put it in play. So mm-hmm. you know eight eight mana for the cycle. Um, you know, four of which is red. Same thing with Hammer of Bogarden. Hammer of Bogarden's just, you know, three damage spell, but, you know, it was one red red for, you know, three damage sorcery that cost two red 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 to bring back during your upkeep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, uh, those have aged a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Now we have, you know, a bunch of versions of Volcanic Hammer that we don't need to play. Eight Mana Hammer of Bogarden. World <laughs> Eight Hammer, yeah. Ooh, and that was that was a legitimate strategy, like in Standard or whatever. The both of those cards were were legit things to be doing. Uh-huh. Give you an idea of how how different the speed of the game is, you know, compared to what it used to be. And, yep. Uh, even even Cube has changed a lot in the past, you know, ten years, ten mm-hmm. plus years. So, man, Timeless Dragon, what a cool card. I'm glad you mentioned yep. Eternalize and all those. Yep. Are there any of the actual Embalm creatures that see play, or are all the ones we talking about Eternalizers? Uh, let me double check. I don't think. I'm not, I'm, now I'm thinking about it. Well, yeah, that Angel Embalms. I think that Angel is an Embalmer. It, yeah, that's, yep, yeah. That Embalms, yeah. Yeah, Glyph Keeper, Mike. Ooh, Honor what's Hydra. the blue? There's the blue card, right, that or no, is that Eternalize also? The three mana blue card that you like draw to and discard to? Oh yeah, that's that's Eternalize. Okay. Angel of Sanctions. That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Angel of Sanctions is cool. That's an Embalm card. Yeah. Just bring it back. It, it, I'm glad it's Embalm car cost isn't too much more than it's... Oh yeah, it's just cost. the next turn, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Five into six. Oh, you killed it, huh? Well, guess who's back? Mm-hmm. I introduced someone the other day to the cat, the song, the cat came back. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the cat came back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife showed me that came back the very next day. Mm-hmm. The song is basically about like pet abuse <laughs> and no matter what they did, the cat came back, including launching it into outer space. Mm-hmm. Wow. That song runs through my head when I'm trying to sleep for that extra hour and my cat insists on being fed. Mm. Like, no matter what I did, the cat came back. Oh, fine. I'll get up and feed you. Came back the very next. <laughs> came back the very oh. next minute. Did he just meow? Yeah, he just meowed at me. <laughs> he knows I'm talking about him. Oh. It's also, also getting to be that time for uh, for dinner. Oh, even though he yeah. did not eat his breakfast. Oh. Well, no wonder you're hungry. <laughs> He's now rubbing his face all over everything. So that way we all know it's his. Oh, yeah. This is mine. This is mine. This box is mine. This this leg is mine. This foot this is mine. This opposite side of this box, this is also mine. Mm. Now, now he has jumped into said box and is rubbing his face on things inside the box to make sure that we know that. Oh, yeah. It's his. <laughs> well, hey, thanks again to Wizards for the free preview. Uh, this is a really cool card. Um, I'm definitely going to be trying it out. Um, you know, uh, multicolor sections get a little uh, get a little tense, you know, with trying to find stuff to play in them. Oh, did we, we, we forgot to mention there is a showcase version of this card as well. That's very cool. That will also oh, be yeah. in the that will also be in the notes like the that uh, super cool you've you've probably seen the basic lands that uh, pencil art style pencil art comic style 
that is uh, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they look like in foil. I'm curious how they're going to look. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Good stuff. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right, Usman, where can people find you if they want to hear more of your chip eating, cat owning, cube testing adventures? Uh, pretty much on Twitter. It's probably the best place at, at Usman the Red. Uh, I reached Double Mythic. Nice. Uh, last month? Yeah. Yeah, I think and that was ma- last month. Yeah. I pretty much just by, I think I mainly hit Mythic and Limited by playing Kaldheim and then forcing the five color deck. Mm. Where I got like, there was one draft I had four of the, uh, whatever the enchantment is that you, that's like Cruel Tomatum. Oh, yeah. And I got four. It was a bot draft, so I couldn't be like, why are you passing these? <laughs> robots, <laughs> well, you so. can, but nobody's going to be listening, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I pretty much just post on there. I post on Discord. I can link to some Discords in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I write articles for Cool Stuff Inc. Uh, probably an MH one MH two review coming out eventually. Oh, so many good cards. So many good cards. Yeah, that's gonna take a while. I, I started work on it, and it's it's gonna take a while. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that set is awesome and it's it's awesome and modern too and that's the really mm-hmm. neat thing is that it's kind of shaken up modern quite a bit and i i get to play you know uh, the the both modern horizons have added so many cool cards to not only the modern format but also to our format you know that's right we're ours we own mm-hmm. it no we yeah. don't I mean, <laughs> we talk we yeah. just talk about it we love it so uh yeah, it, it's they're great. They're great, and I couldn't be happier. As as much, you know, uh, as much as you know, we we get a, a lot of new cards, and there are times where we get fatigued <laughs> because it's like our Throne of Eldraine. God, how long was our recording for Throne of Eldraine? It was you know three hours or something like that. Yeah, it was uh, ridiculous. There's yeah. so many cards coming out. But that just makes things even more exciting when you get a chance to pick and choose what you get to put in your cube. Because, you know, luckily you're all, you know, you're all the ones in charge. You know, mm-hmm. you maintain your own ban list. It doesn't matter that nine cards have been banned from uh, Throne of Eldraine. How many of them are banned in your cube? Only you decide. Oh, go. But other than that, mm-hmm. you decide, right? So uh, you can uh, find me at Anthony42 on Twitter as well. Um, I have again, I, I have a bunch of articles in the in the in the old tank. Uh, just got to find a way to to just kind of polish them up and get them posted here. So um, you know, with the world being what it is, you know. So always have a, a a tendency to to kind of get ahead, get behind. So we're uh, we're hoping everyone out there is staying safe, finding a way to get together with friends and cube because cube is awesome. And as we as we all know, and and as many of us missed, we know that the gathering is the best part. Not all of us can be double mythic like Usman over here. You know, I don't think I'm gonna hit it ever again. But I think it peaked. <laughs> I think. I think last month, I think I hit rank 34 in, in standard. Nice. And constructed. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, there we go. Right. Cool. We did it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, in, in enjoyed some uh, arena when I was playing it. I actually have a whole big stack of arena codes sitting here right next to me that it's just like, am I going to log on again and redeem these or... So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I can probably float a couple your way if you like. If nice. you're nice to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. That's uh, I, I don't know how much more it is that we have to do here. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is there is one thing. Oh yeah, uh, of course. That's true. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Light your candle. Don't get left in the dark. Yeah. There you go. Maybe it's a pumpkin spice candle for the Harvest Tide Festival season. 
Pumpkin spice is, is good stuff. Yeah, I'm basic. I, I'm not afraid to admit it. It's it's uh, like it, it's like cinnamon extra. Yes, cinnamon's great. Nutmeg is great. The color yeah. orange is great. What yeah. do you get when you put them all together? Pumpkin spice. I was gonna say you have a sleeping cat. In my case, I was gonna say we have <laughs> we have ginger cats. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna call him pumpkin spice. Oh, the, yeah, the new spice a, girl, pumpkin spice. He is a big old pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet ginger boys. Yep. All right, everybody. Once again, thank you to Wizards for the free preview, and we'll see you all next time. See you. Peace out, everybody. Peace out.